0: This is episode number 21 with Richard Reilly. Coming up. You know, there'll be some
1: point where somebody will say, OK, we found you out. You had a nice run. Now go do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't, you know, don't bother us anymore. The theater was, was booing me. <laughs> and, and That was an exciting moment. I couldn't I, you know, people are booing my character on the street. So I said, this is great. You know, By the end of August, I'm going to be fighting off offers. Not only did I not work the rest of the year, I didn't have an audition for the rest of the year. Why well, then the world and all that's in is nothing. The covering sky is nothing. Bohemia, nothing. My wife is nothing. But you know, when are you going to retire? You know, I said, from what? I'm enjoying everything I'm doing. You know, why would I want to stop doing this?
0: If you're looking for what it takes to be an actor long term over the course of your life, then you've come to the right place and you're going to really enjoy today's episode. Maybe you feel like there's nothing else you could do or that you're trained to do, or maybe you're not even sure if this is something you could do for a living. Today's guest felt the exact same way. Hi there, my name is Nathan Agan, and this is the Working Actors Journey, bringing you in-depth conversations with actors that have been working professionally for decades. Hope you're doing well out there. We are back for Season 3, and if you're just joining us, there are over 20 episodes with fantastic actors you'll want to check out. These conversations are meant to inspire and reassure you on your journey, that the road may be long and challenging, and that it is ultimately rewarding. Today on the show is the actor Richard Reilly, and he had those same ideas and thoughts that I mentioned up top, and yet, after a nearly 50-year career, he's still going. With 400-plus on-screen credits to his name, plus years and years of regional theater, he is truly a working actor. In fact, he's got over a dozen on-screen credits in various stages of production right now. And he's currently rehearsing for the stage adaptation of Key Largo at the Geffen Playhouse in Los Angeles. The show stars Andy Garcia and opens in early November, so get your tickets now. You've probably seen Richard in dozens of things, with very memorable parts in the films Glory, The Fugitive, Office Space, and Casino, as well as appearances on Modern Family, Grounded for Life, and Blackish. And of course, that doesn't even touch on the decades of regional theater Richard did before he even started working on camera. So in today's episode, Richard and I cover How he was open to whatever possibilities came along, literally saying things like, yeah, I guess I can do that. How he saw being an actor as a job. It was what he did to put money on the table. How people can really depend and rely on him. How he does the audition and then walks away. Why it sometimes feels like he's starting all over. And why certain projects that he was excited about didn't end up working out. Richard was willing to do whatever was needed. He truly has that can-do attitude. And he's no stranger to putting in the work. You'll hear a great story from before he was an actor of what he needed to do to stay warm on the job in the freezing Wisconsin winters. Richard even shares how he works on Shakespeare with a speech from The Winter's Tale, so don't miss that. Now, if you're enjoying these episodes, I want to let you know you can also become a premium member of the show, and there are a number of different perks, including bonus episodes, exclusive opportunities, and more. Members can hear additional conversations with past guests Robert Pine, Don Didwick, and Reed Burney. Plus, there will soon be an episode with Richard, including two behind-the-scenes stories of working on the films Rooster Cogburn, with John Wayne and Catherine Hepburn, and Casino, with Scorsese, De Niro, and Pesci. You can head to workingactorsjourney.com slash premium to find out more. A special shout-out to our members at the co-star level or higher, Adam, Jeff, Robert, Ken, and Ralph thrilled that you all are members. And in fact, it was Jeff who connected me with today's guest, Richard. They were at the University of Minnesota at the same time. So I guess that's another bonus of membership. And a special thank you to Jeff for doing that. I also want to mention a new project from one of our past guests. It's called Working.Actor, and it was co-founded by Ben Whitehair, who you'll hear in episode number 11. This is an online step-by-step guide to becoming a working actor. As they say, it's everything you need to know to be a working actor, all in one spot. Having known Ben for over 10 years, I know he puts a ton of work into whatever he does. So I definitely encourage you to check it out. You don't even need to be in the U.S. to learn from this. So literally, go to working.actor, that's the URL, and right now they're running a launch special. Wherever you are in the world, I hope it helps you out. So here's just a little bit more about Richard's career. He received a BA in Speech and Drama from the University of Notre Dame and an MFA in Theater Arts from the University of Minnesota. For years, he worked what he called the I-5 Rep on the West Coast from Alaska to Arizona, hitting many theater companies and Shakespeare festivals in between and along the coast. On Broadway, he's appeared in Execution of Justice, The Iceman Cometh, and The Man Who Had All the Luck, and we talk about all of those shows. In New York, he's also appeared at The Public Theater, Playwrights Horizons, and Classic Stage Company. And regionally, he got his start at the Meadowbrook Theater in Michigan and then worked at the Guthrie, the Goodman, Yale Rep, Milwaukee Rep, and many others around the country. He has been in over 250 feature films and over 60 different television shows, including Of Mice and Men, Free Willy, Bridesmaids, Two and a Half Men, The Mindy Project, The West Wing, and The Middle*. Having seen Richard in so many different things, it was really such a joy to speak with him, and I always love learning how much more is behind every actor. With Richard, I had no idea the extent of his theater background, and he can run with the best of them. So, I'm very honored he's here, and I hope you enjoy this one. So, here we go with episode number 21. Please enjoy my chat with Richard Reilly.
1: i'm do, I'm doing this uh strange sort of thing where uh it, it's like uh, uh an audio blog but we're gonna be walking around with ipads i guess because uh, they want to pick up the noise of 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 the action that's taking place
0: okay so you were, uh, and, you were prepping uh, for that or, or rehearsing it I guess or
1: yeah I was looking i was i there's nine there there were there were nine different uh uh, episodes of this of the story oh, okay. and uh so I was reading the whole the whole story and then looking specifically at the ones that I was involved in
0: so there there is no there is no time off for you richard with all with how much you work
1: <laughs> i i I try not to not to leave any and in fact that was uh that's sort of how uh that was the final blow in in uh uh the relationship that I had when I came out here in los angeles my uh uh, my girlfriend wanted to go on a, on a vacation. I said I can't leave. I've got this, this, and this coming up. And she said, "Well, I'm going to, I'm going to Switzerland. Goodbye." <laughs> that was it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's uh, the life. Life gives you those choices, and you just have to figure out what what yeah. you want what you want to do in those moments. Um, exactly. But uh, all right. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully, no regrets. That's that's. I guess that's what they always say: is that uh, you know, no, you, made, and, you made the right choice. Right. Yeah. 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 Well,
1: cool. And we're still friends. I still, I just, oh, well, good. I, just I just talked to her two days ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Um, well, well, speaking of different parts of the world, I actually noticed that we have another very small connection. because when I was researching it, it looked like you grew up in Wisconsin. Or you were you born and raised there? And I, well, I was indeed and, in how falls? Yeah. Okay. And that's in, uh, I hope I'm, I, you know, I know there's a lot of Native American uh, names and and influence names of there, so I hope I'm pronouncing is it is it Waukesha County, Waukesha County, yes. Waukesha So yeah, I,
1: there are three there are three different monomonies There were the Menominee Indians were uh, lived in that area, and uh, and so there's Menominee Falls, which is uh, Waukesha County. It's on the east side of Wisconsin near the lake. Mm-hmm. Then there's Menominee which is on the north uh north of, of the state, right near the the UP in uh um uh Michigan, and then there's Menominee, Wisconsin, which is uh on uh, on the Mississippi. Oh wow. Yeah. Well I So it's very easy to confuse.
0: Yes, yeah. Well, I have, uh, I have friends who live up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. So I've been up there when I was living in Chicago. I'd go up and visit Ah. them and there's an elegant farmer apple orchard, which I think has been there for, you know, decades.
1: Oh, I think forever.
0: Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, been there with friends and, and all that. So yeah, I, I really enjoy southern Wisconsin and it's another one of those big states that there's just so much to explore. Um. Did you? Oh, it's
1: beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you get a chance? Like growing up, did you take a lot of trips around the state? You You remember vac- vacations um, like that, or?
1: No, not so much. Uh. Um. I was the oldest of seven kids. Oh, and, wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And my and my uh, my father died when I was thirteen. Yeah. And so. Wow. uh And my mother was uh, went but right back to work. She had, she had been a nurse in the Second World War and then uh went right back to nursing and so we were either. Uh, Working, I had had a paper, I think, from the time I was eight, and then uh, when I turned 14 and was legally uh, allowed to get a work permit, I started stocking shelves at the local grocery store uh, Mm. 40 hours a week. And so we really didn't get out and about. Yeah, oh,
0: geez, I can imagine. I mean, you know, with with your dad dying you know, at the age you were, I mean, I, I imagine the youngest was only maybe, what, a year or two old at that point?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, I think the youngest was three at that time. Yeah, wow. There were, there were, there were seven kids within 10 years.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, You'd I mean, you don't hear that as much these days, but...
1: Uh... No, no. <laughs> Good Irish stock.
0: Right. <laughs> um,
1: uh, yeah, she had, 11, she had 11 brothers and sisters. My mother oh, had 11 goodness,
0: brothers wow. and sisters, so yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I can only imagine. You know, your your dad passing away as young as he was that that really changed the dynamic and and maybe even trajectory of the family a little bit. I mean, and being the oldest, I imagine you were most aware of that. Uh, you know, how- uh,
1: probably there there was a. I remember there was a point right when my youngest brother uh, was graduating from high school, and I'd come back for his graduation, and uh, and we went out uh, a- afterwards, and he said. What can you tell me about dad? I don't remember him. Mm. He was he was 3 when when yeah. he passed. And so so yeah, there was, you know, it, it, there's like there were like uh uh three groups of kids. I I have, I have my next sister is Irish twin. She was born, okay. you know, yeah. less than less than a year after <laughs> after, I, after I was and and then um and then two more, you know, pretty close uh, close on and then and then the the last three were a little a little more there was a little more time between each of them. And mm. so, so they were, they were the youngins and we were we were the older ones, even mm-hmm. though there was probably only a couple
0: of years difference. Wow. Wow. And I mean, and so your dad, I read was an assistant postmaster and.
1: Well, he was, he was constantly working. I remember oh, okay. he always had two or three jobs. I I, oh. I remember he started out as a uh, mail carrier and so he was a, uh, uh, he would leave the house around five thirty and get back about four and then he changed and go to work at Stoper Steel as a, as a stoker. And mm-hmm. then he had another job that he did on weekends. So, uh, yeah, he was constantly, constantly working. And, uh, and my mother was a nurse until I was born. And then, and then she took time off with, with all these kids and went, then went right back into it.
0: Now, um, you know, it's interesting, I, I grew up with a single mom, uh, myself and, uh, yeah, I was just talking to my brother. It's like, you know, as you get older, you, you have these thoughts and you're just like, I just don't know how she did it. And of course, there was some support and all that. But, I you know, I imagine it's even more in your case, like, how did she do it working as a nurse and with seven kids?
1: Yeah, well, her her youngest brother, who had just um, uh, got out of the Navy at the time, uh it moved in with us for for about a year mm. and actually worked as a as a mail carrier at the post office so so he was so, he was sort of there uh and then and then uh you know we were the school we we went to uh St Mary's Catholic school and it was within walking distance so we would literally walk over to school and and walk back home and you know do our homework whatever it was and then uh, when I, I, we started high school, we went to Catholic, uh, high schools and, uh, and they were actually in Milwaukee. So, um, I got a, uh, an early driver's license and I was driving, uh, myself first to to Marquette and then, uh, in, in my, two of my sisters who were going to divine savior. And, uh, and so that was sort of a daily, a daily trip back and forth. Mm. But, uh, yeah, everybody kind of, everybody pitched in, right. was, uh, you know, and and it was it was a different time. I mean, there were. Uh, I was trying to remember uh, uh, on our block. I think there were like five widows.
2: Oh, gee. Uh, wow. And and
1: and and a, and a ton of kids. I mean, there were a zillion kids <laughs> on that block. And so everybody, you know, everybody looked out for everybody else. Right, I mean, there was right. never any question.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's, well, I mean, it's great that the, there was that kind of almost, uh, well, present support network uh, to some degree that uh, just existed like that. Right. That it
1: was happened. a little yeah. like our town. Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah. Everybody pitched in. Exactly. Everybody knew everybody's. Right. Yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, too much so. Um, well. Every- so, uh, all of your siblings? Uh, I mean, are any of them did did they go artistic routes as well or, or different? No, know? none of them really. No. Okay. No, I,
1: yeah, no, my uh,
0: my youngest brother had
1: just retired uh, in in December, and he was uh, a VP at a bank. He had a very interesting story. His story is more interesting than mine, <laughs> but uh, he he was a CPA. He worked at one of the one of the breweries in Milwaukee, and then was looking you know looking for a, a job. And he got headhunted by this guy. That he, I don't know how he met him exactly. Who was the head of uh, Bank One, and and the guy wanted him to be his driver, but he wanted somebody that understood uh, finances and that he could bounce ideas mm, off of okay, while he yep. was driving. And he, he, along the way, he he sent him to this defensive driving school because at that time he was afraid they might get you know, he might get robbed or
2: oh. kidnapped
1: or whatever. <laughs> And, and, and so and so after after a few years uh, the guy said to him look this is a waste of your time now uh, what do you want to do and he said well I'd be I would be interested in financing businesses and he says okay I've I've got a friend that's, uh, that has several banks up in northern Wisconsin um, and I think he'd be, he'd love to have someone like you doing this let me give him a call and so he was so suddenly found himself up in West Bend as the as the VP for uh, uh, business, uh, financing wow. in there and, and did that up until, but that's the thing. I, they, and my, another sister, uh, was a, a CFO for, um, children's hospital in Seattle. Oh yeah. Uh, another sister is a, is a executive secretary for a patent office in Milwaukee. Uh, a brother is, a, um, uh, a, a, I, don't know he was a troubleshooter for, for a bank in Arizona and, uh, he was brilliant i mean he could he was on the phone, on the line all the time answering questions and solving problems that i couldn't even fathom what what they were asking him wow and uh you know but none of them none of them were in the in the arts interesting and they and when, when my youngest brother retired uh as each of them had along along the way as they were getting ready to retire said well, you know when are you going to retire yep. you know, <laughs> I said, from what? I'm enjoying everything I'm doing. You know, wh- why would I want to stop doing this?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I, you get to play pretend for a living. You know, what's what's to retire from?
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah. so as long as I can keep a roof over my head, <laughs> I'm <right>. happy. <laughs>
0: no, that is that is pretty funny that uh, as the oldest that, you know, who, who knows when you'll retire and all your younger siblings have uh, have decided to take a break. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, that is really fascinating. That as the oldest and and one of seven, that you're the one who pursued the arts. And so, yeah, I wanted to jump in there and figure out: was it in high school? Because I know you went on to no, uh, Notre Dame, but did, did did you have an idea in high school that you wanted to go into the arts, or or what led you to going to Notre Dame? That you know, where did that come in?
1: No, it, it was it was totally by chance. I went to to Marquette University High School. I I, I graduated from there. Then I went in the seminary for uh, three years. Oh wow. uh, After which, yeah, after which uh, time, uh, you know, I I realized I didn't have a vocation, and I think they did sort of the same point. And and so they said, "Look, we can get you into uh, two schools. We can get you into Marquette University here in Milwaukee, or we can get you into Notre Dame." You know, uh, you know. And so I said, "You know, I think I'd like to get away from Milwaukee." Sure. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so they got me in Notre Dame. This was, uh, oh gosh, this was the the early 60s, and um, uh, everything was the space uh, race and all that. So Mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe I'll study engineering. For no reason. I mean, I I had no... (laughs) No talent in that, in that area. Well, what were, and, and
0: it showed it. What was the, uh, what were the interests or, uh, your aptitudes in high school? Did you excel in any particular things or sports or anything like that? I was, I was pretty good.
1: I, I was pretty good in English. I, I, I ended up, uh, uh, taking AP, AP English, uh, test and, and got, and so I got an AP English when I went to Notre Dame. I also got AP in, uh, in German uh and uh and it was was had a pretty good uh feel for that language and um uh but that was what wrote, you know not you know i i i like to read and so i read all sorts of stuff but uh i i didn't really have any talents in, uh hmm. that i can think of you know yeah, writing yeah. like that certainly not in 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 organic chemistry or calculus right, right. or any of the stuff that i needed to take and uh, and so I and so I got there and I almost flunked out freshman year oh, and geez. I said I, I can't do that and uh, but the, I was taking this five credit German course and acing it and it was being taught by the by the head of the department and he said why well, are you in the sophomore year abroad program and I said no and he said why well, uh, I, I said I could be and he said well you have to be a German major I said sign me up and so uh, <laughs> I so. So I spent my sophomore year in, in Austria. We wow. went um, to Salzburg and had an eight-week intensive, which was six days a week, uh, 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 nothing but German, uh, living it, yep, talking sure. it, uh, taking classes. And uh, that was great. And at night, we would go in to, uh uh see projects that were being done as part of their Mozarteum, which they they have this Mozart Festival every year there called Salzburg. And then... Um, and then we went to the University of Innsbruck and I was there for two semesters and at the end almost everybody was, you know, jumping on the boat back to uh uh to the US and uh but this guy that I had been rooming with had been had been in Austria as an AFS student and so he he said, Listen, I'm going to visit the people that I I lived with when I was in Austria it's this tiny town called Breitenfeld in in Ostosreich and um uh, you know, why don't you come along with me? You know, it's only, it'll only, you know, be a week later when we're leaving. And, uh, you know, I said, sure. So we went to Breidenfeld and, um, and there, the son, uh, the son of the farmer that he, he was a farm, mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it literally was, uh, was one street with about six or eight farms on each side and a, and a Gasthof at the end of, of the T and, uh, and and if you went up the street you would go up the hill and that's where the church was and um and so they said look uh, our son has got to sp- spend his summer at the university uh uh doing doing the farming we need somebody you know j- to to do whatever fa- whatever farm work needs to be done mm-hmm. it, can either of you stay and uh uh my buddy couldn't stay but i said why not <laughs> and so so, for about three months i was i I, I lived on this farm in a town of about four hundred people. No one spoke english it was wow. great
2: um
1: i you know i i I did everything uh from uh uh uh, you know, from slopping out the the the, the dairy, uh, you know the, the cows. At, mm-hmm. at, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I, I didn't have to. I didn't milk them. I have to admit that. <laughs> but you know, and and the chickens, and then collecting the wheat and taking it to the to the uh, silo and uh, you know, stuff like that. It was terrific. I had a wonderful time, and uh, it, it only got cut short because uh, uh, Russia decided to invade Czechoslovakia. Oh, jeez. And. <laughs> and the uh the farmer said, "Look, the last time they did this, they just came right in and took us, so you better take off, wow, so I didn't and yeah." You know got back to the states.
0: You know, it's it's um it's so funny that already, and it's great to hear that you know you were just so open to uh, opportunities and things. You know, whether it was the, the the German study abroad or or you know just you know going to Notre Dame in the first. I mean, there's just this fun energy, and and I think it's admirable of just someone being so open to. Sure, sounds great, and just being in the moment. Um, and, and I'm, and I, and I love that you brought up the AFS, the American, it's American Field Service, I believe, because it was actually.
1: I think so. Yeah. yeah there
0: was yeah. another guest, uh, Jeffrey Wade, who, um, he went to Italy, uh, I think either oh, right after right. high school or something like that. And it was the first time I had learned about it, but it's such a cool program and it's still going on today and, and all that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, so. it's, it's, it's very cool to, you know, hear people's, uh, different, Connections and stories. Well, you know, as as you were talking about all all these different experiences, I was also wondering, like, you know, because you said, oh, I didn't have any particular skills in high school, so I was wondering, okay, was it, you know, were were the the seven of you guys uh, like a a cohort or like a unit? And did you like cruise and cause trouble and and all that, or were you like the the nice boys and the nice family in town? Or well, well you know, what,
1: mean, it was a it was a it was a good group, and like I yeah. say, there were probably about forty forty. Uh, kids <laughs> on our block. and so we would you know be every pick up games of baseball yeah, no and, kidding. And, and and football and whatever and uh and also um uh my my uh cousins my my mother's uh, brothers and sisters still lived in the area so mm. almost at least once a week, we would meet at, at her parents' uh, house up in up in Lannan, and there'd be about 30-some cousins.
2: Good Lord. You know, Lord.
1: Uh, it was just, it was a time where there were tons of kids, right. you know, and everybody was just, you know, having a, having a great time. Right. Nobody got into any real trouble, but, you know, it, it, it was, there was mischief to be made.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, with seven kids in the house, I, you know, I don't know how you you know, you couldn't get into some mischief every now and then, or, you know, right. <laughs> you know. uh, be your mother would have been, uh, some kind of saint to have uh seven perfect kids all the time.
1: Well, she was a saint, but yes. we weren't seven perfect kids. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I guess that's a yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, okay, cool. So you're, you're, you were in Germany, and then obviously because of the Russians, you, you leave there, and so that was just your second year in college. And then was it when you came back to Notre Dame? When I,
1: when I came back, I was I was looking I was looking for a work study job, I, uh, and the, the 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 guy that was running the psych department at the time uh, was putting was making a test, and he wanted somebody that would collate uh, the results of the, of these tests. Uh, uh, and then compare them to the test that he was doing, which was choosing between works of art. It was it was it was interesting. I didn't know a thing about it. Mm-hmm. I was you know I was I was doing grunt work, but it was it was great. But I had to be a psych major in order to get the job. <laughs> and so and so I said sure. <laughs> and, uh, and unfortunately, it involved a five credit statistics course, uh-huh. which I proceeded to, to flunk. Yeah. And uh, and so. Uh, but, I, but I managed to make it through that year, and then uh, the next year I, I said, well, "What am I going to do? I, you know, I can't, I can't keep, you know, just uh, wandering through through right. this university and, pay, and paying these, the this it was, you know, private school yeah, paying course, paying yeah. these whatever, the huge sums at that time, and uh, so I you know so I. As many did, I, I, I got, you know, I did an English uh, major, and but I couldn't get it all in in one, in one more year. And so I was going, I've got to get out of here. What am I going <laughs> to do? What am I going to do? And um, one of the guys that I had been in Austria with was a uh, speech and drama major, was speech mm-hmm. and drama. Okay. Yeah. and he, And he said, you know, you can take all the credits you need to get a speech and drama major in one semester and so i said okay that's what i'm going to do i'm going to sign i'm going to take all the speech and drama credits in one semester so that was my first you know that was my first experience doing wow. that i um uh, i i had i'd never seen a play until i was in college um uh seldom went to, we never went to the movies you know we couldn't we couldn't afford as mm,
2: such sure.
1: and and so i you know i didn't know what any of this was and um and to make matters even more exciting uh, it was the 50th anniversary or something of the theater department. And so all of the majors were going out on tour with this play called uh, Company of Wayward Saints. Hmm. And so, and so as the only uh, declared major that was still there, I was expected to do the play that they were putting on at the university, which was a play called We Bombed in New Haven. By Joseph Heller, hmm. and it was an, an, a major anti-war play, and it was and it was uh, it was done in a style that was you know totally not uh, unrealistic and 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 addressing the audience and you know, getting them involved, and um, I had no idea what I was doing. They handed me the script; it was two hundred and some pages, you know, on you know Evergreen uh, uh, editions, and. I just started, you know, memorizing as fast as I could and, you know, and did whatever they told me. Um, there was one night they, and they would bring in members of the faculty to play the hunter and the, the hunter and the golfer, I think were the two guys that kind of uh, attack, uh, uh, Starkey, the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the main guy. And, um, and what, and the hunter had a gun and he would shoot and he would shoot at Starkey. And, um, but but they were making their own. Uh, wa- they were making their own shot, and uh, and so one one time they put too much wadding in it. And fortunately, I had a corduroy coat. I was wearing it uh, for that the part at that time. And it it the guy I was facing the audience, and I all of a sudden I hear the gun go off, and I feel this shot at the ba- at my back, and uh, the wadding had had landed in the coat <laughs> and was was still was still smoldering. Oh jeez. But you know, it, that was you know that was University Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when there when there was there was no, that was it. There were there were there were nine majors, and and right, and the right. nine majors were all out on tour. And then there were, then there was me and whoever they could you know coerce into into doing. <laughs> Doing this stuff, but it was a great experience because I, I learned everything about theater because I was, I was thrust into it. I was mm-hmm. working in the shop all the time. I was stage managing when I wasn't on stage. I was doing minimal acting after that show when the when the majors came back. But I had to direct something. I it was I had to design something. It was it was it was really fascinating.
0: And so, did you feel like you? Just took to this like a duck to water like this was the missing ingredient or was it like anything else where you just were engaged in the moment in it
1: it was no it was i it was just it was it was interesting i i loved every bit of it i i, I didn't think it was something i could do for a living but mm-hmm. it was it was it was it was i really enjoyed it and they but they were happy enough evidently i i i showed them enough i think it was just hard work right that they managed they were finding uh uh, a scholarship for me at Purdue University, hmm. Purdue had recently opened a um a professional theater on the campus, and they were looking for people uh, to to do um, uh, stage management and and construction and that sort of stuff and uh at the at the professional theater so what you would do is you would you would go to purdue for one year you would get an m a and you would you would be um uh, journeyman into the uh IATSE, uh uh program uh that was based in chicago mm-hmm. so that was that was a that would that was a that was really gonna provide work i mean there definitely there would be work available once that happened and so they said so they said okay um uh we're working this out for you when when uh when you finish up in january uh you'll you'll go right down to Lafayette you'll you'll be there for for a year and at the end of that time you can go to chicago or anywhere in the in the region here and you know apply for you know uh, jobs and and you'll you make a living doing this and i said good wow you know that's that's what someone sure. should yeah, do yeah. for you
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and so I went and took my first final exam, and uh, I got a message: uh, go and see the de- go and see the dean. So I, I, I went to, I went to the head of the, the theater department. So I, I went to see him, and uh, and he said, the government uh, cut the funds.
2: Uh-huh. It's,
1: you, we don't we, we don't have anything for you. They said they'll accept you in September, but they can't offer you any 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 money. And uh, so that's where it is. So I, I took my last finals and went back to Wisconsin. Now this is January.
2: No. <laughs> I went back to
1: my summer job, which had been unlo- un- unloading and processing railroad ties. And uh, and in January, uh, when the ties came in, they were green, and so they were frozen together. So the first thing you did was you had to hack out. One of the ties and put it in a barrel and uh, pour some gasoline on it and start it on fire because that was the only heat you were going to have all day
2: oh jeez! and wow. then,
1: and then you would uh you would process the the, the ties so I was doing that and i, I thought I, I wonder if I can find a job indoors <laughs> and uh and uh, and I saw in the in the paper there was this ad for they were looking for someone at the Milwaukee Rep. Uh, to do uh, stage management and 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 construction, I said, "Well, this is perfect." So I went. I went. I, you know, I called them up and I said, "You know, can I come in and apply for They said, "Sure." So I walk in the door and they went, "Oh, geez, we're sorry. Uh, this is a uh, 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 this is only for minorities." Uh, but you know, we've got a, this big show that's coming in, and we really could use another ASM. Would you be willing to come on and and work as ASM? I said, "Sure, of course." so I started working as ASM there and um meanwhile the guys back in Notre Dame were felt so bad that they got me a, a teaching assistantship up at the University of Minnesota and uh in the in the scene shop. Okay. And so um at the end at the end of the, the this show Mary Tiger, who was the production stage manager at that time, said, look, would you want to come back next year for the whole season as as, as ASM? I said, well, I've got this offer to go up and, and, and work in the scene shop at, at Minnesota. And she said, fine. Go up there, uh, get your degree, and then give me a call and come and come back here. And I said, okay. So I went up to the University of Minnesota and uh, worked in the scene shop and I said, well, I'm spending 40 hours a week in the scene shop. Maybe I'll audition for, for a play just to See what that's like. And uh, this guy, uh, this graduate student, they had written this play called "Bang Bang You're Dead" about um, Great Lakes Naval Base, mm-hmm. which is where, uh, a, a, w- which is where the Korean War vets were brought back, and it was a hospital there too. And his play was sort of like one floor of the Cuckoo's Nest,
2: oh, all okay. named
1: McMurphy kills the nurse, and, and oh, so. Geez. Yeah. Instead of, instead of getting, uh, you know, instead of getting the, the electroshock shot. Right,
2: treatment. right, right.
1: And, um and so, and so uh, I did the play and it, it was a huge, it was a huge hit there. You know, it, all the, of course, all the professors came and saw it because it was his graduate thesis. And, um and suddenly people were, were saying, well, can you do this play? Can you do this play? And so, and so I would be, I would be acting in all these in all these plays while I was taking classes while I was working at the uh, at the scene shop and uh, you know and it was it, it was a very it was an exciting time and um and they uh, submitted me for uh, for a McKnight Fellowship which I didn't get but again the 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 my advisor um used to spend uh, six months each year. Uh, when he wasn't teaching at the university, uh, directing at the Meadowbrook Theater in Michigan. And he said, Look, uh, you know, you can work at the, at the Guthrie anytime. Uh, why don't you, why don't you, uh, call Terry Kilburn up at the, at the Meadowbrook Theater and, and, uh, and see if they've got any positions there. And so I got a, I got a job, uh, there as, um, uh, assistant stage manager and small roles and uh and then sli- got slightly larger roles over the years like so i worked there on and off for about six seasons
0: and you know i'm I'm just so curious you know of course there are certain stereotypes you know for the oldest uh you know of a family and 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 maybe the expectations of the oldest and all that kind of stuff, but you know the fact that you were just so and and i and i say directionless in a good way that you were just so open to things and so willing to try something new or try something different where where do you think that came from or where did that start was that some a quality that you always had that you were just so Open to things, because of course a lot of people, you know, may feel like, well, this is the thing I want to do, and I want to, you know, go down all these avenues and pursue this to the nth degree as far as I can, but you just seemed so open, and I mean, it seems to have worked for you in a number of ways.
1: Yeah, no, it did, and, um, and I think, yeah, probably I always, I always was willing to, to try, you know, whatever, whatever was b- b- available, and whatever seemed, seemed at all possible, um, uh, and then once I started, Once I started doing this, I said, okay, uh, right now I'm working, you know, I'm working as a a stage manager and and as as an actor. I'll do this, you know, as far as it takes me. And then, you know, there'll be some point where somebody will say, okay, we found you out. You had a nice run. Now go, you know. (laughs) Go do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't you know? Don't bother us anymore. Right. And so and so, I so I give myself a year, and, and then I I say, well, I'm still working. I'll do it for two years and see what happens, and then I'll do it for five years and see what happens, and then at that at that point, I realized I couldn't do anything else. This yeah. is what this is.
0: This, this is, is all thing, I was yeah. doing. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, and and it was you know it was. Um, you know, there were again. People were helpful always along the way. When I was after my uh, first season at the Metabrook, one of the one of the stage managers uh, uh, was going out to do the Organ Shakespeare Festival uh, during the, during the hiatus, during the break, mm-hmm. and he um, uh, he called and he said he said, "Look, they're going to need a ton of men this season. Send me your resume, and I bet you the, I bet you they'll they'll make you an offer." Hmm. And so I sent him. I sent him my resume, and sure enough, um, I got. They said, "Can you be out here in a week?" And I said, "Yeah, well, I got a car. I'll do it as soon as I can." And uh, and and so um, and so then I went through the audition process. And uh, uh, at that time, you know, it was it was it was a non-equity uh, oh, uh, okay. theater company that okay. that just just worked during the during the summer. And um, and so. Um, they would do these round robin auditions for about two or three days and, and then put a, put your casting up and that's what you did. And everything was in rep. And I thought, how am I going to do this? I, 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 I've got to learn three shows right. and they're all Shakespeare. And, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've done like maybe one or two Shakespeare plays up to this point And, um, and so, and so, but I found out that you know the the brain is is, an, is another muscle like any other one. Mm. And so the more you exercise it, the more the better it gets at it. So I, by the by the time I needed to have that material, it was there. Mm. And um, and it, again, Ashland is a wonderful place, place yeah. to work. Yeah. And, and so and so uh, and so I, I would I would for a couple of years I went back and forth between between Ashland and um, and uh, the Meadowbrook until the Meadowbrook offered me an equity card. And then I, at that point, then I couldn't go to Ashland until they won equity, uh, which was, I think, in 1980. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah. And
0: so it's, it sounds like, you know, even though you did, you know, have this uh, speech and, uh, it was a speech and drama, is that what it's called? Or speech? yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Speech and drama degree. Yeah. In, so you
0: had a speech and drama degree, but it sounds like a lot of your acting training came from working. You know, just being on stage yeah. and or, or observing the stage. Being on manager. stage yeah. or,
1: or being you know, or being near the stage, right. I mean, You know, being right. backstage and right. watching people. It was it was always fascinating. I mean, I I'm, I'm still I still constantly do that. I mean, I, uh, I, I, for instance, I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, "Look, if you're doing if you're doing something." Never be more than a hundred feet from the camera uh mm-hmm. you know watch what's going on you know be aware sure, and yeah. and uh you know it's 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 a and i I found that to be a real a really good piece of advice,
0: yeah, yeah, to be as close to the action as as you can just to observe and absorb all you yeah. can yeah absolutely um yeah. Well, that, that, and it's, yeah, it's so cool that you had those opportunities, you know, and I imagine in the uh, non-equity days of uh, Oregon, there was a lot of spear carrier kind of stuff, but you're still there and you're still yeah. watching the, you know, the main actors and, and all that kind of stuff and the leads and picking up, okay, what works, what doesn't. And, and then of course you can bring that back to the Meadowbrook and vice versa. um, You know, what you're learning, yeah. but so did you have... Did you have ideas? I mean, I know you said you got your equity card at the Meadowbrook, but did you have the plan of like, okay, I want to become an equity actor and work in the, you know, Minnesota regional theater scene or, or Pacific Northwest? Did, you know, did you know what you wanted to do at that point?
1: Well, I, you know, I, uh, I had to, I, at some point I had to be equity in order to stay, keep working at the Meadowbrook. That okay, was, got it. Yeah. You know, that was a given. Yeah, you, you, you could only do a certain amount of, of, of time there as a, as a non-equity, uh, actor. Um, and then um, I was uh, I was doing Macbeth at, at the Boar's Head Playhouse hmm. up in Lansing, Lansing Michigan, and um, I had a break from there, and I, I said, "Well, I'm going to go out to Seattle." Um, while I was at while I was at uh, Ashland, a number of people from Seattle said, "Oh, you got to come up and, and audition up here," and it was it was Labor Day weekend, and so I said. I'm going to fly out to Seattle. I've got some friends out there now, and I'll just, I'll, um, I'll do the audition. i arrange for auditions at all at all the theaters there, and just see if the, you know, if there's any hits or anybody gets excited about. It. So I, uh, I, I drove my car, which had uh, no floorboards. <laughs> I only mention this because. Because I ended up parking it at, at long-term parking at the, at the Milwaukee County Airport, and then had to call my mother to to get it out of there before it it, it cost more than it was worth, <laughs> and she was so upset about the fact there were no floorboards.
2: But oh yeah, of course.
1: Story. Yeah, but uh, uh, so I so I flew out to Seattle. And um, and I had an audition uh, for uh, for Duncan Ross at I think mm-hmm. one o'clock. Wow! And then for um, uh, uh, ACT up there mm-hmm. at at three. And then I was go- I was going to have uh, dinner with Megs Booker, who was running the Intimont at that time, because
2: oh, okay.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, I, I knew her from Ashland. She had done in Ashland directing. And then I was and then I was going to meet with uh, Burke Walker and the. Um, and the empty space people that night at seven, and then the next afternoon, I was going to the matinee of the show at at a c t so um okay. uh, so i I do all the, all that i i do my auditions everybody's very nice and um the next day i go i go to the the show at a c t and uh during the intermission um there's they're paging me at a c t hmm. And so and so, I, I go to the box office and I say, hey, somebody is, is calling my name, and they said, oh yeah, we have a phone call for you. Can you call Megs Booker right away? And so I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I call I call Megs, and she said, she said, uh, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here at the here at the play, and she said, well. We just lost an actor. He went. He went into the hospital. He has, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to do the show. We're, we're rearranging the the roles, but we need somebody to pick wow. up this uh, this this one this one small role uh, at the end. Is there any way that you can? And we go into tech t- t- today. It nice. <laughs> and so I said, "Is there any way that you could possibly do that?" And I said, "Oh, yeah." I guess so.
2: Right, <laughs> and
1: so, so I show I show up at the theater and um and we do it and and I know about a third of the cast. Oh, okay. and so that you know that it was all easy. It was yep, Anatole. Yep. The play was Anatole, and the main thing that had we had to do was this was was what Mark Murphy and I had to had to do these. Uh, these very elaborate scene changes between each, between each scene and, you know, and, and we managed to get laughs almost every time, which was great. Uh, and, and so, and so I'm doing that. So, um, so opening night, um, uh, Pat Patton from, from also from, from Ashland, it comes up to see the show and he's directing the next play, which is, um, a bus stop. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, and he, and he, and he, after the show, he, he comes and he says, he says, look, this actor is not going to be able to come back in to do bus stop. He was supposed to do uh, this role. Is there any way that you could stay and do another, another show? And I said, yeah, I, 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 I guess so. What, you know, what's the role? They said, Virgil. And I said, I said, yeah, but he said, I said, you know, I don't play the guitar. I, I you know, all that. He said, that's okay. We'll work, we'll work it out and um and so i i stayed and i stayed and did bus stop well by the time uh it went into rehearsal went into rehearsal for bus stop uh by the end of the that week the first week of rehearsal of bus stop bill ross had offered me a season at the seattle rep and um and and burke walker had offered me uh, a couple of shows at the empty space um Which I couldn't do because at that point the empty space wasn't that good either. Mm -hmm. And you know, I explained it to him. He said, "Fine, you know, I understand." Uh, So, um, so I was essentially there for uh, for a year's worth of work. And by the time I finished up the season at at the Seattle Rep, uh, ACT, which was a summer season, had offered me a couple shows and makes it come back and offered me a couple shows. So I was, I had work for 10 months out of this trip to right for a Labor Day weekend trip.
0: So now I I know this is probably a tough question, but why I'm just so curious, you know, obviously, you know, you work and you meet people and and, and lots of us have connections that way, but what do you feel like you were, you, you brought to the table or, or was it about your work ethic that, you know, so many people were just like, we got to call Richard, you know, he's, you know, we can see, let's see if he can help us out. You know, what was there something conscious on your part or what do you feel like was the the reason for all of these things just kind of lining up so, so well?
1: Well, I, I you know, I, strangely enough, I think it was because I always just thought of it as a job. Um A, a lot of people I went to school with um formed little, little companies and mm-hmm. did all this exciting theater work. And, but then, you know, had to, had other jobs because they, they, you know, they were, they were essentially doing for free. And I said, look, I can't afford to, to do free theater as much as I'd love to. I'll come and see your plays I'll buy a ticket, you know, I'll support you that way. But, but, uh, I've got, I've got to be able, I've got to be able to make a living doing this. That's the only, that's the only thing I have. And, um, and so, and so I, because I approached it as a job, I made sure that I had all those elements mm-hmm. that I was prepared that i you know that I had the right energy that i had you know that i was the people i was I was working with were i you know i I supported them every way every way i could and you know and uh, i I think that was just it that they could they could depend on me right they could they could rely on me and they knew that i'd be there and clock in you know on time and and not leave until until everything was was completed.
0: Right. Well, yeah, and it certainly sounds like uh anyone that has to heat themselves by, you know, burning a, a railroad tie uh on on fire, you know, <laughs> is is probably a somewhat of a good work ethic. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I well, you know, it raises a question. So it sounds like well well I love the fact that you were just so honest with yourself or at least at the time feeling like this is my skill set right now. This is what I'm qualified or or trained to do to some degree even though someone may find me out at some point. But knowing like, okay, this is the most likely way I can make money, and so I'm just going to make money doing this. But it also sounds like there maybe there was an idea of – like did you – even though you were working so much, did you wish you – could be doing some of the other kinds of theater that you know the people you went to school with were doing like were they doing experimental stuff or or did you did yeah, you have dreams that yeah, were they were doing right
1: experimental stuff. They were doing, you know, they were doing they were doing exciting theater. And yeah. and yes, I would have I would have loved to have have been been part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh I just didn't feel I I, I could afford to do that. Right. And I was having a good time too. Part yeah. of it was I was I you know once I got to the West Coast, I ended up doing the I five rep. I was working in Alaska. I was wow. working in you know Seattle and 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 Portland and and Ashland and San Francisco and uh, Santa Maria and uh, uh, Arizona and you know and you know meeting all of these people and then because it was the I five rep, you were constantly reacquainting yourself with with people that 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 you had met. Other places along the line right, so it was always it was always fun just to just to to say, "Oh my gosh, what have you been doing since you know since the last play we did and uh sure, sure. you know and and yeah and it was it was exciting that way i remember um uh people one thing about Ashland is people used to stop in all the time because they were working their way up, up and down the the i five and yep. so and so it was it was great to have to have guests come in and and spend time in ashland Because it would, you know at that time the, the uh you didn't lock you didn't lock your doors. You did, you know <laughs> right. I remember I remember you know being asleep and and, and having fat Jack O'Reilly, an an old friend of mine from from Detroit, uh, show up and and he you know, I was asleep and he literally came in and put his big mitt on my chest and said, Dick, Dick, it's 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 Jack. It's Jack. Don't worry, it's Jack. And then we sat we sat there and talked and I said, What are you doing? He said, Oh well, I got this offer down in Los Angeles and I'm I, you know, I was I didn't want to sit around and wait until they made a decision, so I thought I'd take off and I knew you were up here and blah blah blah. And so, you know, an hour later he says, Oh, is it okay if I bring my girlfriend in? She's in the car <laughs> yeah you know so he was at you know he's he's the mayor of dearborn now i mean oh, it, wow. it, you know, it's you know it's just it's uh uh it, it was so it's so much fun making yeah you know, uh making acquaintances th- through you know through the through the theater but you know also you know through through the uh, places that i i got to got to spend time
0: right right and so now this was i am guessing what late sixties early seventies or in, in the med, mid mid seventies is that when it was this was
1: yeah, it was uh, I was okay, I um uh, I was in uh, Ashland in uh uh seventy one, two, three, four, uh and then I was at the Meadowbrook in uh seventy one through five or six. Wow. And then um and then in seventy five I think it was seventy well, seventy five uh summer I was at the Colorado Shakespeare Festival and then seventy six was Labor Day that I went out to Seattle.
2: Wow! Okay. And
1: then and then worked the worked the I five until the early eighties when um, I was doing a play at the uh, Empty Space called Through the Leaves, and it was being uh, directed by Emily Mann, and uh, and Emily would go down to San Francisco uh, on on our day off. Uh, because she was commissioned to write this play, "Execution of Justice,"
2: mm,
1: about the mm. uh, Harvey Milk, uh, George Moscone murders, right, yeah. and um, and they were going to do it at the Berkeley Rep, and um, that's who commissioned it. and um, And eventually got done all over the country and was a hu- huge hit, and you know got a lot of a lot of heat. And uh, but Emily wanted to do it in New York, and she held off, allowing it to be done there until she could direct it. And uh, and so I get this call a couple of years later from uh, from her saying, look, we're doing it. We're doing it on Broadway. I can't make an offer to you. But if you if you want to come out and audition for the producers, I'm sure that I'm sure there's something that that you'll you know, that we'll we'll find for you. And uh, and says, so yeah, I said, sure, of course, I'll come out. And um, and the, th- the thing was, is that I had always I had gotten to the point where I was having a great time doing regional theater. I, I did it for like fifteen or sixteen years, essentially living out of my car, just you know, moving from one place right. to the other, wow. yeah. uh, doing these doing these plays, me having a good time. And um, but I, I never wanted to go to New York. I always said I'm not going to go to New York to be unemployed. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. if I if I have a job in New York, you know, I'll certainly want to do do, do that. But but i i don't I don't want to go and wait tables in new york that's not that's not what I'm doing and so i so i went out to so i went out i did the audition they cast me um i um i moved out to new york and um and the play we rehearsed for four weeks and ran it for two and it, and they you know and they closed it was a it was a wonderful play it probably shouldn't have. Tried to open right on Broadway. It probably should have, you know, should have opened at the Public and then moved. Mm-hmm. It had already been done. It was it, all, all around the country. Had been like fourteen productions. Wow. Uh, uh, started. I think the first one was actually in Louisville, but that had been done at Berkeley rapid It had been done at uh, uh, um, Washington Arena, and um, and the same uh, New York Times uh, uh, reviewer had reviewed Louisville. Uh, the arena oh, and at least yeah, one other okay. one and he was each time he gave it a good review but each time it was it was you know it's a it's a great play I, you should see it but it was it wasn't as exciting as right. the first course, time he saw it the first review and and so it was it wasn't enough to to, to keep it open also it it, it was, the opening opening week was was holy week which you know oh, made no good. sense yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: and it was it was the first uh it was the first show in what is now the August Wilson Theater. Uh, they, had, they, they had opened it; it was first show in there, and at that time it was called the Virginia. They had just re- renamed it the Virginia, and it was up on Fifty Second Street. Nobody knew mm, where the theater was. Right, people, oh, you know, people were getting lost trying to find the theater. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah. So, I mean, there, it had things going, it, it was a wonderful play and terrific actors. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, John Spencer, uh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. uh and, and, and it was, it was, and, and we had a great, we, you know, we had a great, great time doing it and, and it was over, but now I was in New York. i had gotten an agent. I'd never had an agent up, until, up until then.
2: Mm, I'd yeah, done wow. everything,
1: uh, you know, by, by personal contact. Right. And, um, and and I was I was told in New York the only way I'd even get an audition is to have an agent. So I got an agent from from that play, and um and they started sending me out and and I surprisingly to my mind I was I was doing pretty well. They were I was I did a uh, I did uh, Joe Papp's first uh, first play of the Shakespeare cycle, A Midsummer Night's Dream, which they extended. Uh, and that was that was exciting. I did a couple plays at CSC. And I started doing a little bit of uh of film and t v mm-hmm. i i did i, I did all, all the soaps and i did right. um okay. uh black rain and uh and then um i was doing um uh a play up at the Yale rep called moon Over Miami by john Guare. sure yeah, yeah. and it, it's a it's a wonderful play and um and john and when we finished the run, john said, look uh would you be willing to uh, not take another play for a month while well, I see if, I can, if we can bring this show into New York. I really think it's, you know, it's got that, that going for it. And if not New York, I think, I think the Miami, uh, uh, Coconut Grove Playhouse in Miami is interested. Hmm. They might be interested in doing it. And so everybody said, sure, that'd be, that'd be, you know, that'd be terrific. So I had done, um, in February, I think, I had done um, uh, Glory. Uh, oh, right. And, yeah. and had had gone down to Savannah and shot that. And then, and so my agent said, well, look, if you you know, if you're not going to do anything and it's, you know, it's December, it's kind of slow anyway. Why don't you go to L.A. for the opening of glory and uh, and we'll see, you know, meet the meet our L.A. office and we'll see what we can line up for you there in terms of auditions. So I so I went out to L.A. and um uh was first off was i i wasn't able to get there for the premiere so i so the first day i was out there i went to a, a matinee of the show and i i couldn't believe people you know the theater was was booing me and, <laughs> and, and that was an exciting moment I, I, you know, <laughs> people are booing my character on the street and so um and 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 so they and they got me a, bu- a number of auditions and in fact um, the, I ended up, uh, shooting a, a, a couple of things and the final, uh, audition they got for me was, um, was for the, Fer- the Ferris Bueller, um, uh, the TV TV series. Show. Yeah.
0: and this is a movie that was so huge and so popular. And so I'm curious, you know, when you get the TV show or, or just even auditioning, how do you make that character your own and, 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 you know, how yeah, how how do you approach that?
1: Well, uh, uh this was uh Brandon Tartikoff's um pet project. Okay. He's been wanting to do it since, since the movie came out. Uh he and John Hughes were gonna we were, were gonna make it right away and then something happened. And then, then they were good they tried again, then something happened. And then eventually uh uh Hughes Left, left it to go on to do his his movies, and and this was Tartikoff's last shot uh, as uh, head of NBC. Mm-hmm. He was going to go. He was he was leaving uh, when once the season was set up. He was leaving to take over Paramount, and so um and so he he was going to get this. He was going to get the movie done, you know, by Hell or High Water, right? And um and so I I got the script and I'm looking at it and I said I said there's a certain rhythm that that the the, the 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 audition scene was the principal uh, um uh, welcoming the the new the new the student okay. at the beginning yep. of the year mm-hmm. i said there's a certain rhythm here that sounds i wonder if that is and then and then it, it sort of hit me i said oh it's more science high from uh, um
0: oh the fire, fire Sign theater yeah
1: yeah fire Sign theater yeah so I so I said I said oh I, I so that's what they they want this. so so I did it like the principal in More Science High mm. and um, the writer literally fell off the chair. The director was looking at him and saying, "What's going? On? Oh, this is a setup. You brought him in." Blah, blah blah blah. And 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 the writer says, "No, he's the first one that figured out where I stole this from."
0: <laughs> which which I think is like a good it's a good point to kind of highlight that. It's okay to steal. I, I think as actors, but yes. Like, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: I mean, it, it wasn't. You know, he just. Oh, he just st- stole the rhythm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it wasn't like he was. He was stealing the the scene or anything. Right,
0: right He right. wrote
1: his own scene. Right, but yeah. even
0: as a performer, you know, you you underst- You know, hearing the performers from Fireside Theater that it was like, okay, you want to, you want to, you, you know, you didn't feel like, oh, I need to create a hundred percent. It's like, no, I'm going to borrow this because I feel like it. It is this and it turned out it was, but, but being okay to yeah. use what you have seen before.
1: Yes. Absolutely I agree agree with that completely.
0: Okay, cool. And and so so there really wasn't for you any comparison of what they had done in the film or what the movie was. It was it was it was your own character. You were just approaching it fresh. Is that was that how you would look at it?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I had seen the, I had seen the film, I think, once. Mm-hmm. And you know, I th- thoroughly enjoyed it and uh but I I wasn't Jeffrey Jones. He's right. a bigger man than I am. You know, he's, he's and and uh, and so I was doing, you know, I was doing my version of. of and they made him a pr- the principal rather than the vice principal, which I was really happy about. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, and it was you know Charlie Schlatter was, was, was Ferris. right? It was um it was Jennifer Aniston's first first regular series oh, regular right. thing. Wow, wow, yeah. She played she played his sister. Yep. Uh, Amy Dolans played played the the girlfriend. It was it was really it was a wonderful group of people and so it was the un- unfortunate thing was is that and they did a great i think they did a great job of it uh, we had some wonderful people uh, Jamie Tarsus was our showrunner and we had some great people writing each episode and directing it and we had terrific uh, uh, guest actors but um it was that was also the season that parker lewis oh, was. Yeah, came out on yeah, fox sure. and it was fox's first you know, first full season of, of doing things. And they got a lot of exposure and a lot of press and they went that extra, you know, little bit on, on all their stuff. It was, it was Ferris Bueller, but it was with, with, uh, uh, Batman whiz bang stuff.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. And,
1: and you know, and that, and that went and, and, uh, NBC decided, well, you know i i, I we I, I think we can find something else sure. and that was actually the 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 most depressing thing about it is that so we finished up shooting just before thanksgiving and they said they said okay we'll see you all in january uh no point in, you know in having a wrap party cuz we'll be back and they never heard from them again oh. um thing was we were we followed fresh prince of bel air Okay. Originally, it was, you know, you know, it was Fresh Prince and Ferris Bueller and blah, blah, blah. This was their, their, this their, the hit off of the night. So they, so they eventually told us, or told my agents, I guess, because that's where I heard it from, that, um, that they just decided it would, there wasn't enough, you know, that, that the two shows were too different mm-hmm. and the audiences were, too, were too different. They couldn't, they couldn't pull. So they found another show that they thought would really fit in with that. And it was Blossom. So for six years, Blossom follow, followed Fresh Prince, but it couldn't have been—I I, mean—a less a, a show that that was less like Fresh Prince so that to right. the, the, to go the, to grab that audience and hold it. Right.
0: Yeah. No. That. that yeah. That, that's that's one of those like we're going in a different direction. It's like you, I, I don't know if you know what that yeah, means. Right. Yeah. Like that. That's a very. Yeah. Well. So, I mean, on some level, I feel like, uh, you know, here you were doing regional theater all over the place and being successful. And then all of a sudden you're a series regular on a, a major network following a, another major show. Like, did you feel like I've made it or I'm like this, this is it or here, here it goes? Or,
1: well, yes and no. Yeah? Yes and no. Um, Actually, I went, I went back to New York and uh, and uh, did a, a play that I was uh, had been committed to. We had done we had done the. We had done a birthday party just before oh, yep. I came out mm-hmm. to L.A. and at CSE, and that was a whole thing of getting it done, because Pinter was so upset with the original New York production, not the production so much, but the response to it, mm. that he never wanted it done in New York again. And so um, uh, he eventually, through a lot of cajoling, uh, uh, Kerry Perloff managed to... Get permission to do a limited run of birthday party, and we had a wonderful cast. Uh, so we we did it, and and it was very successful. And so Pinter, back in London, said sent um, uh, Lauren Bacall to see the to see the show oh, and oh, to report oh. back to him.
2: Oh, jeez, wow. And
1: and so she she saw the show. She was very nice. Came back and said hello to everybody, and then um and then she and then uh, she said this is great, and so. Carrie gets this call from from Pinter. Said, "Can you extend it?" And and she said, "No, I'm a, we're a subscription theater. We have another show coming in, and you know." And he said, "Well, how about if I give you the the rights to uh, Mountain Language, and you could do it as the Curtain Raiser?" And she said, "Okay, but uh, it will it'll have to be like a year from now." And he said, "Okay, that's fine." So a year from. Which it worked out that that's when when Ferris stopped, mm-hmm. and so I went out there, and um, uh, and Pinter was there, hmm. and so he met with us. Would not would not give any information about either play, you know. But, but was was but was a wonderful raconteur and yep. just you know and wonderful person to have in rehearsal and wow. and uh, and afterwards he did interestingly enough he did do. A presentation at the YMHA, Mm -hmm. in which he did uh, a a scene, a little, a bit of a scene from um, Hot House, and a bit of a scene from One for the Road. And Hot House was the play he wrote right after Birthday Party, and One for the Road was the play he wrote just before uh, Mountain Language. And I went out there and watched him do it, and he was actually a a, quite a wonderful actor, Mm. and um, and. I understood more about you know things that I had questions about about the Pinter style and
2: right, and right. and
1: all that from watching him him do those two readings
2: wow. than
1: than I had from all all the reading I had done uh, uh, about it, and so we we had we had a nice little run with with those two shows and and uh, and he was there for the opening and closing and uh, and it was it was very nice so I went so I came back to L A to do the following. Pilot season, and I got a pilot with Dan Aykroyd. And I thought, This is great, I will be working forever. Dan Aykroyd yeah. doing this pilot didn't go. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and said, so, 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 but interestingly enough, um, my agents began getting me uh film uh auditions, so I ended up doing uh like six films, uh, oh yeah, uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, right. and uh, uh, uh
0: um. Well, it looks so, like, you know, Price and man. Right. And uh, well, yes. And, and I mean, I see Predator to a Kiss and The Public Eye and and Hero and yes. Body of Evidence. And I mean, you know, these are all like pretty major studio films. Was it w- I mean, were you nervous working on these movies? Was it was it training for you or or was it just what you had always done? I mean, you you know, pretty right out of the gate. I mean, I know you had been working as an actor for many years up to this point, but you're just now doing you know a lot of film. And so, I was just curious, where you were at with all that? I mean, maybe the Ferris Bueller was was what you know, kind of cemented things of of your uh, technique.
1: Yeah, the, Fer- the, Fer- the Ferris Bueller was 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 like a you know working like like a a, a nine to five job. Yes, was, yeah, you know, was you know, so you got kind of used used to it. And um, and the thing was that there were, I mean, there were people like uh uh Free Willy. I yep. uh, on Free Willy, I met uh, Michael Ironside and he was he was one of, one of uh, he was a great mentor mm. uh and you know talking about film and, and 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 you know and and what we were doing and how to do it and and he was right out there in the middle of doing it so it was it was great and uh and then um doing mice and men it was it was uh, Gary Sinise and John Malkovich mm-hmm. and, and you know and they were you know it, it was this old Steppenwolf company right. and and yeah and, and so and so that was great i had met them uh, a few years before, when a brewer who had who had been my uh, dressing room mate at the Guthrie went down and joined them to, uh, to play Big Daddy oh, the, in their, cool. their production of uh,
0: well, and yeah, it, and I imagine you know Gary and John do, doing of Mice and Men that they they brought this maybe theater aesthetic to the film. Oh, absolutely, yeah. they
1: had they had they had done the play right, yeah. Uh, at least once before, uh, Gary's dad was the was our our editor. Oh, cool! And uh, you know, and and Gary, this is like his third, I think, or fourth film, and mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was comfortable with John. Of course, had done had been doing a bunch of stuff, yep. and it was interesting to watch the two of them interact mm. because um, because Gary was so prepared and so uh, you know um, you know had had, had ex- knew exactly what he wanted, and uh, that that it was hard sometimes for him to get get out of the directing thing to to play George oh, and yeah. so John would John would screw up <laughs> John would do something you know you know, just, a, and, and, you know, and Gary go, oh, geez. And, but then, it, then there was, the tension was gone. Right. And suddenly they could do the scene.
0: Oh, cool. That's funny.
1: Because they knew, they knew each other and they knew what they needed. and They knew what they wanted. And later on, when Gary was more comfortable with, with it, John would actually talk to him like a director and say, do we really need to, to get that coverage or, you know.
0: Oh, funny, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, because they had such a working relationship, but yeah that, that,
1: oh they were amazing, yeah, yeah, it was amazing to watch them, yeah
0: well, um all right, I'd be crazy if i didn't at least mention the Fugitive, given you know uh when it came out in my life and how many times probably be dozens of times i've I've watched that film, so uh it's hard to pick just one project you've done, but i i I'd, I'd be remiss to at least not mention it, but also you know, it was also a big movie uh at the time, and it was a huge movie, yeah, and so I mean, did that raise your profile in the industry i mean did, was it was it helpful for getting work after that did it pigeonhole you at all i mean i'm just curious about that
1: well that, that there's there's uh, there's two answers right the yeah. first is it was it was an ama- it was an amazing movie to be part of andy davis the director mm. was incredible and, but he was he was a a chicago theater guy oh cool and and so you know so that was where the idea was from uh uh and right, and he so. um And Harrison uh, Ford was was interested in doing the project, but only if if they shot it in sequence, because Mm. he didn't want to be putting putting makeup on, putting wigs and beards and and all that sort of stuff. And strangely enough, Andy realized it's perfectly set up for that. And they never go back, you know, to to a previous place. Mm. The movie only moves forward.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: And so and so and so we started shooting it in chicago uh they shot the uh the murder they shot the trial and and then uh we put them on on the bus and then they they flew us all down to Asheville, north carolina uh where we where there was a train and Mm -hmm. the guy was willing to, to to use his real train to do this and um and it and it was amazing. Uh, up to then, uh, Tommy hadn't shown up, uh, so it was it was it was Harrison. He's he's very quiet, but he was there all the time. And when uh, you had to climb into this bus, which mm. was crushed, <laughs> you know, in in thirty and forty degree weather, oh, uh, and you know, t- and get behind the camera, and he was there every shot. I mean, behind camera and, and, oh, doing, wow. and doing all that couldn't have been, you know, couldn't have been more supportive of, of, of every, of everyone. Right. And, uh, but, but if he had anything, he would, you'd go through Andy, he would say, he would say, you know, Andy, and then Andy would, you know, talk with him and then he might make a change or he might not. You know, it was, it was it was fine and he and he was doing it and the other thing was he was he was totally gung ho i mean he he wrecked his knee that uh his, that still i'm sure it gives him trouble uh running uh, it, it, uh, after he got out of the train right, yeah. run, running through running through the stuff with with the, with the uh, uh ankle uh, right the change on, yeah, on yeah yeah and but he he couldn't amazing well so then so then tommy shows up and you you have to be you have to be part of his process whether you whether you <laughs> want to be or not, and it, it's not a bad thing. I mean it's 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 really wonderful. But he you know but uh, between shots he say how much time we have, and they say oh, about two minutes. He'd say okay, everybody go up to my trailer, and it's not we did anything up there. But he just wanted everybody. He wanted you know be part of there, and then and he like he that that whole. Uh, uh, speech about uh, uh, you know the radius you know and yeah. but yeah, he made that up because they told they told him to. I mean, they, they were they were trying to fill in stuff, you know, in order to get in order to get all of the equipment and all the people there, and and so, and so and so uh, they had me, uh, you know, say, can you you know say something like along these lines and da da da, and it was was great. Oh, I mean, wow. it was a real sense of everybody taking taking part in that, and 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 so and so that was. That was terrific, what they discovered then was that um that was the story the story was was tommy and harrison's characters mm-hmm. and it was it was not originally as it was written it was it was uh it was like the pilot episode three three intermediate episodes and then then the final episode right. of, of the fugitive and you know and so and so there there was uh right after he escapes uh uh from from the bus uh He gets picked up by a, a waitress mm-hmm. and um in in the original script and and he, and she uh, she gets him a job as a as a dishwasher at the at this, where she works and the uh and the cook is, uh, is uh, abusing her and so uh uh, uh harrison 's character stands stands up for 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 her and uh, against the cook and then the cook sees his is His face on the, on the TV. And so he's got to run again. And then, you know, somebody else put him up. Well, uh, they said, we, we don't need that. We're just going to get him to Chicago. So we'll have, we'll have the, the waitress pick him up and (laughs) let him off in Chicago. Right.
2: And
1: so, and so, and so that everything was, so they were madly writing in, in order, in order to keep, you know, ahead of, ahead of what they were shooting. So there, there was one day when, um, when they were, you know, prepping what they were going to do the next day, and and one of the ADs says, "Oh, you can't do that. There's a St. Patrick's Day parade that day," and 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 they said, "Where?" I said, "Well." Blah, blah, blah. He said, "Okay, let's write something." And I swear that was totally guerrilla shot.
0: Wow! Oh, it's such that, a great part of the film the Saint too. St. Patrick's yeah. Day thing.
1: Yeah, they just they just went and they just went in and did because you know this is great. Let's use this, well, and and partly because you know Andy was a Chicago guy. Sure, he, sure, he knew sure. it.
0: So so you know when that film comes out and maybe somewhat like Glory too. I mean, did that did that open uh, a lot of doors for you a- afterward?
1: Glory Glory opened uh, actually opened more doors okay. because I was an, I was an unknown commodity sure. in L.A. at that time, okay. and they, and and casting people want want to make stars mm-hmm. they want to mm-hmm. they want to find the new the new person got it. and so they're they 're excited when they see somebody that they don 't know um by the time uh uh, uh fuji came out you know they had they had seen me in a, in a, in a number of things, which is great i mean it, it didn 't uh, negate it but but they it, it, it got to <laughs> be where where I said, well, can I get an audition for this? And they said, oh, yeah, we submitted you, but they say they know you, and, mm-hmm. and they like you, but you're not right for this. Mm. I said, well, can I at least go in? No, they just did. They don't have time. Mm. And so I, so I said, okay, fine. Um, but uh, Fugitive and Free Willy, uh, I think, came out one week apart oh, in wow. August. And every Wednesday night, this TV series that I shot right after the Fugitive called um Ned Blessing was on CBS this western, so I said, "This is great. I'm gonna, you know, by the end of August, I'm gonna be fighting off offers." Right. Not only did I not work <laughs> uh, the rest of the year, oh, I didn't have an audition oh, for the rest man. of the year. You know, and it's it's just it was I, I well I didn't expect it, but you know. I sort of said, okay, uh, we got to start all over again.
0: And, and yeah, and I, and I think it's a, it's a great point to, uh, to talk about because, you know, as you look through your, your resume online and I'm certainly there's just tons of credits every year. But the other side of that is, you know, I imagine, well, not only, like you said, there were a lot of auditions you were not getting, but there were probably also a lot of projects you were not booking. You know, even though you yeah. have a lot of films and TVs and and theater and projects in theater to your, your to your name, I'm sure there was a lot of things that you didn't get that maybe you wanted or or you couldn't even be seen for or you know all that kind of stuff. So I think it's it's important just for you know to at least acknowledge that that you know you weren't just booking everything you were walking in for.
1: No, no, and and sometimes you you, you book something and you couldn't do it. I right. I, I was doing um, desperate measures, and so and so I was doing this and. I had one scene left in it and, um, and they, for various reasons, it kept getting pushed. And, um, and I had auditioned way early on for Titanic and, uh, to be part of the, uh, of, of Kathy Bates's table. I oh, don't know okay. who yeah, yeah, that yeah. was, but part of that group. And, um, and so it came down to, uh, there was a, there was a cutoff date. They were going to get, uh, they were going to get the scene shot on on this day, but they wanted me for Titanic before and after that date mm. and because it was shooting in Rosarita mexico neither neither group was willing to to make any concession on it so i w- I was committed to to doing this last scene in in desperate measures and never got never got a, a shot to do uh,
0: Titanic. Mm. Well, so how, so how do you deal with, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about, again, I guess we could categorize it as, as rejection to some degree of, you know, them not wanting to see you for auditions, but then also just, you know, you don't get a chance to, you know, shoot this part or you don't get a chance to audition for something or nothing's coming in. How, how, you know, and, and especially on top of a lot of success of, of being in these big projects, or like you said, that August, you were all over the place. How, How did you balance that? experience with you know nothing coming in and, and just the mental part of of being an actor
1: well you know that's that's all part of the business i think uh you know i, I i've never i've never felt anything personal or, uh, in terms of, of rejection at w- about auditions mm-hmm. And i know a lot of actors do and, and you yeah know, sometimes it's a brief period of, of 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 depression sometimes it's a long period I like, you know what what am i going to do? and it i'm i'm for whatever reason i'm pretty good at doing the audition and walking away
2: mm.
1: and, you know i i bring the best i can to the audition and uh in, and if, if that's what if that's what they want and and all the other stars are in alignment uh you know I'll, I'll get it and if i don't well it didn't work out on to the next thing
0: mm.
1: so so it, it it's it's never it's never been something that I, I've dwelt on much
0: yeah well I and it's, it's great to hear and I think it's uh, it certainly seems like it, it can be a healthy attitude to have and, and and I imagine one that was developed just from all the years of of theater just doing a lot of that stuff and, and like you said you looked at it as a job you know it wasn't you know this personal uh, expression of, of your vulnerability that people are rejecting it's no it's 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 work it's just a job and I might be right or I might not be
1: yeah pr- pretty much yeah. i mean i i never I never even thought of in terms of a career
0: yeah i mean it's,
1: <laughs> this, this is what I do for a living
0: right you know? a- again, there are so many projects uh, and, and TV shows we could spend the whole weekend you know in the week just talking about all of them um, i I will just highlight uh, one more, and because it 's something i've i 've seen a lot was the film office space, and mm. I read that there were a number of auditions that you had to go through for that role and yeah. the the questions i came uh, you know i had about this was did you try anything different over those times um or how do you stay out of your own way i mean we might have just addressed that in terms of like how you approach auditions but you know it it can be easy for some actors for you know the 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 voices in your head to start creeping in of like well maybe i should try this or maybe i should try that and you know you start second guessing right. yourself or or whatever so how how did you um, you know, maintain. I guess we'll say the integrity of your work through that process.
1: Well, um, Mike was very helpful with that. Mike mm-hmm. um, judge, yeah. yeah, judge. He had written a yeah, Mike Judge. He had written he had written a wonderful script, and um, he was as interested in getting a group of people that uh, you know that would spend some time together in Austin doing this. Uh, that would work you know really well together and and would 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 jibe uh as much as as much as getting the exactly the character that he was that he was looking for so um uh i, I when I first came in they had me read both for uh the psychiatrist and for thomas markowski
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: and um and so I read them both and i I felt okay with with both of them. And left about a week or so later. I get a call. They said, "Can you come back and read for Tom?" They, they they've got somebody else in mind for the psychiatrist. I said, "Sure." So I went back in and I read. And um, and essentially, Mike said, "You know, I like what you did. We just want to, you know, we just want to see it. If I have any ideas uh, while we're, you know, while we're uh, yeah at this audition, I'll, I'll mention it. But I, you know, let's just let's just see it again, you know, and and uh, and see how it goes and." Um, it was mainly a matter of just it wasn't doing it again, but mm-hmm. it was it was re experiencing that that uh that scene that they that they that he had written for this character. Mm. And and um and then actually I I came in one more time afterwards to to read for Tom. Um I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> Mike didn't have anything to say about it. And he said, let's do it again And I said, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> and but then he was it was he made a big point um once he had once he had cast the 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 film of of contacting people and saying look um we're going to go down to Austin it's my hometown uh there's not going to be suits looking over our shoulders doing it we're going to work hard we're going to and we're, we've got 29 days to shoot this thing but we're going to have a good time i'll show you Places where my band used to play. I'll show you, you know, good places to eat and we'll just, you know, we'll just have a great time. And that's what it was like. Mm. I mean, he couldn't have been a better host and, um, and he did put together just an amazing cast of people. Again, not just incredible, uh, comics as as they all are, but really wonderful people. Oh, cool. You know, so, so that was just, that was the exciting part about that.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, well, and, and I know over the years, I mean, even with how busy you were doing film and TV, you know, there were still theater projects that, that came along. And, and I mean, I, you know, a lot of people can justify not doing theater because they're so busy with film and TV and, or maybe the money or the creativity or whatever it is. But you, you know, you made choices to, you know, you did the Iceman Cometh, uh, and right. then the man who had all the luck, uh, and mm-hmm. so what, what were your decisions or what were you looking for at those points? And even I know more recently you did a uh, straight white men um, yes. play, which I saw at, at Steppenwolf in Chicago um, yeah. and, and have, you know, a lot of things we could ask about that play, but um, what was your, yeah. what was your decision or, or, or desire to do those plays and how did that come, come about?
1: Well, well, I mean, I started out in theater right, and I love theater. And I've, I've, I've always said when people ask uh, what are the differences that, that theater is the actor's medium. Mm -hmm, Um, You know, once you go through the rehearsal process and, and the show is open, it's up to you and the audience and that communication. And, and, um, and so you're, you are in charge of what, you know, uh, of of what's, what's going, what's going to happen on this particular uh, night or afternoon. Um, Whereas uh, film is very much the directors and, and uh... editors uh, medium you're trying to provide the best possible raw footage for them to tell the story. And they're going to take what works best for them in the storytelling process. Now, it doesn't change what you do as an actor, but you have less control over the final product. And in TV, it's it's definitely the writer's medium. I remember the first, first show I did was um, My Two Dads, the first TV yep, show, sure. the, the three-camera thing. And I played uh, Dakin's son, and, and, uh, and Eric Christmas was his father. The three of us were, were, uh, in a scene with Paul Reiser. And, um, and it was, it was, it was wonderful doing it. But we would do the scene. There'd be this, this silence. And then somebody come out and give us new lines <laughs> if we didn't get a laugh at a certain point. And Dickens said, so, that's it. I mean, they're, you know, they don't trust, they don't trust the actors. They don't trust, uh, the directors they're going to re, they're going to rewrite it until they get until they get their laugh.
0: Mm. Dakin was actually uh, a guest on the show, uh, Dakin Matthews. That's that's yeah. who you're talking about. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And you know, and and we had a, we had a good time, and they were very, you know, they are very nice, and 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 the new lines were were good, and we eventually got all the laughs they wanted. But it you know it's it's again you're, you're doing you know get, you're given the material, and you're trying to provide them with with what you know with what they need in order to in order to tell their story
2: right right,
1: and um so so you so i i always liked uh, the idea of going back to the theater where you where you have where you have more control where there's where that you know where there's where there's more that that you're you're a part of mm-hmm. now um each of those was it was an interesting experience um uh when i first when i first came out here to la my agent said okay you're out here now we're going to send you out for auditions but you have to promise not to do theater for 3 years. Mm. I said what? They said you're never available. I mean as soon as you know, we 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 send you out for auditions and by the time they decide they want you you're 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 you're, you're uh, committed to doing some piece of theater. And I said okay, I'll try. And um and then and then immediately they sent me out for a 99 seat house uh, show because uh, um, the, uh, the assistant artistic director at the taper had asked me if they knew anybody that could fill in for this actor that fell out at the last minute. And that turned out to be a great experience. There were so many people in that, that, that I, that I, I worked with that, you know, eventually I, I worked with in other medium
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, uh, and then similarly about, 3 years later when, I, when it was actually past that period they sent me out for for a play um Distant Fires that was being done at the Coast Playhouse and was being produced co-produced by uh DB Sweeney um Sam Jackson and Michael T Williamson and and they were all in it and they um and they had uh, it it had been done with some success in New York and I knew the playwright I had done uh, right behind the flag for him at the Playwrights Horizons with with Kevin uh, Spacey, mm, interesting okay. enough, and and so when they were looking for somebody to play this role, um, they asked him for any suggestions, and he suggested they try and get in touch with me. So it was a wonderful experience. We had a great six run at the Coast Playhouse, and it was it was thoroughly enjoyable, and you know and a great thing to work with him. With, with that group, the big thing they they said even before they did the audition was they said, "Look, um, ninety nine seat house, people come and go. They you know they have this whole thing about if you get twenty four hours notice for, you know you can leave. We aren't going to do that. We're going to do this this play like it's an off Broadway show in New York. You're committed to it from beginning of rehearsal to the end of the run, and that's that. Are you willing to do that?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." And and so in fact that's you know, that's the way it was and that was great.
0: Mm, cool.
1: Yeah, and so, so that so then uh Iceman Cometh came up mm-hmm. and um and they they Kevin was co-producing it. It was a production <laughs> right. that had been a huge hit in in uh in, in London. And um he was in New York and he was doing the auditions in New York, but he was also shooting uh, American Beauty at the
2: time. Oh, right, yes. Yeah.
1: And so he he couldn't come out to uh, LA. So he, they they submitted people. The agents submitted people for the various roles, and he checked off. He, he pre-approved the ones that he was he would be interested in working with. With mm. usually again, and so I somehow I got on that pre-approved list, and uh, and I got cast. And it was like, it was wonderful to go out there and do that. Yeah. And. You know, and and it, again, it was an amazing cast of people and a wonderful director. And um, it was a limited run. They were going to do it for 14 weeks, and then they were going to spend three weeks and, and shoot it for Showtime. Well, Showtime decided they didn't have... Three and a half hours to spend <laughs> on of O'Neill play, yep. so so Kevin said, are, "Are you willing to just do the play uh, in the theater for another three weeks?" And everybody said, "Sure." And so we did. Cool, but it was just—it was really could not have had a better experience. Um, I was doing um, Grounded for Life, mm-hmm. yep. and it was hiatus, and I'd always wanted to work at the um, at Williamstown. Sure, and yeah. it turned out that there was a there was a break uh during the hiatus that I get to do this Miller play. Miller was going to be there, wow. which was exciting as yeah, well. Yeah. And um you know and uh and so I auditioned for it. They cast me. I went out to uh, out to Williamstown. We had a great time doing it. And then um I came back to do um Groundhog for life and they decided that they didn't need my character really as a, as a regular anymore.
2: Mm. They were
1: you know I could come in as a uh, occasionally as a recurring but they were going to they were going to stress the kids more right okay and so um and and so uh, i get a call from from the uh, Williamstown people they're saying we're gonna we're gonna take it for a limited run at the at the uh, American Airlines Theater. Would you be willing to come and and do that? And I said, yeah. Wow. So I got I got got to go out and and do it again there. Miller was there, still there. He was, you know, he came to the opening, he he came to the rehearsals, he came to the opening, came to the close. It was wonderful to be able to spend some, you know, some time with him and hear about him. And and um uh, and it was you know it was just his story about that was that. He had he had written it as a student at at the University of Michigan, and it had won that won this prize, and somebody had it got sent to producers in New York, and they wanted to uh produce it, and and he was twenty four years old, wow. and he said, oh yeah, of course, do that. Sure. So they 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 were suddenly it, it's it's called uh man had all the luck a fable, mm. and 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 he was watching them do it, and they were trying to do it like kitchen sink drama. And he was good i I can't say anything i'm twenty four years old. These guys are all you know long time right. producers and that, and it ran four performances
2: mm. and
1: never was seen again until until wow. until it was revived for, you know for this for this production straight white men yes um I occasionally uh, whenever when I get a chance do readings uh, uh or workshops with some of the theaters. I' had done a couple with the taper, and that was one that I had done and um and so we, I did. The, I did the workshop, and then they they uh, opened it in in Ohio and uh, and did it at the public, and then um, and then I get a call from Young Jean Lee and saying uh, uh, the uh, the actor that was playing the father is not going to be able to do a, a couple more tour tour spots we have. Would you be willing to do that? I said sure, and uh, and so I went out there and uh and we rehearsed it with the guys that were going to do the uh shows we opened in toronto then we played in Mm -hmm. athens and brussels and then they said uh, we're going to do a sit down at the kirk douglas uh, for four weeks can you do that i said sure and um the exciting thing about it was i had different sons for every (laughs) single show oh wow because the because they couldn't get they couldn't yeah, get the yeah, same yeah. people to you know and and it was and it really was it really kept it alive made it just sure. wonderful
0: well and I mean it's a play for those who have seen it it raises a lot of interesting questions and and it's uh, you know written by uh, an an Asian female you know about these straight white men as it's called um wh- yeah. what what did you, did you feel like you because I you know I was at performances where there would be talkbacks or questions and people's yeah. take on the characters and, well, what is this guy trying to do and, and what does it say about men today and all this kind of stuff? Did you feel like you took anything specific away from working on the play? Like, did it open up any ideas for you or perspectives or, or yeah, because it's just such a thought-provoking show.
1: Well, it is. I mean, here's here's a guy who's who's recently widowed, out whose three adult sons decide – they're going to spend Christmas with him mm-hmm. and they revert to what they were like as kids. And eventually he has to throw them all out. Right. And, you know, and, and one of them has moved in with him, is living with him and is the one that should have been, you know, the star of the You're family. Right. Yeah. And he's, and he's sort of fallen apart and you can't quite tell why. And, 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 and the father's trying to help him out and that's, and it's not working. And he says, look, take the money and you know, go you know, make something you know, of your life. One of the guys is 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 very successful, and it turns out that he's not as successful as anybody thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the and the other the other young kid just hates everything. You know, is is the middle kid, and is just is, that's his whole thing. Is just right. you know fighting fighting everybody uh, on either side of him. So yeah, I mean the family dynamic. I think I think she really uh, captured that. She 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 wrote, she said she wrote it because uh she's not a male she's right, not white right, right. she you know she wanted to do something that was totally uh, you know outside of her comfort zone that so I, I i praise her for that
0: yeah well and, and speaking of theater you are doing key largo at the geffen
1: yes and that was another thing I, they they uh they wanted to do a a workshop one week workshop okay and um and it's it's a it's an adaptation of uh, yeah, of mainly the movie, but mm-hmm. uh, the elements of 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 the play. Okay. Yeah. And uh, by uh, Jeffrey Hatcher and and Andy Garcia. Oh. Okay. And uh, and the, and they wanted to see if they had a script. You know, if they mm-hmm. had something mm-hmm. to to do it. And and it, and Andy wanted it to be a comfortable uh, thing that was totally. Um, focused on 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 the text uh, on the word right and so and so he he asked for people that he had worked with, and I just happened to be fortunately fit in that 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 category
0: oh okay and so yeah, yeah are are you you're playing the father uh at the hotel no no, no? Oh, i'm, okay.
1: I'm playing i'm playing sheriff gash oh okay who in the movie in the movie, you barely see, okay. but in the play that's but part of the play they've taken, he has this um, this kind of amazing political discussion, uh, just before, uh, just before he leaves and just before the, for the final fight and, uh, you know, saying, you know, this is what life is like. You've, you've, you, 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 you've, you've got to, uh, offer protection to those that can pay for it and do your best to protect them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, you know, you can't, you can't be expected to, to, uh, uh, you know, to worry about every, every, every little thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, You know, so I'm leaving and you guys take care of your problem.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, very cool. I mean, it sounds like Andy and the production luck out, not only because you had worked with him and so he he knew you, but you know, you have such a a long theater background that, you know, this is your medium, you know, you're very comfortable on stage. And so, you know, you can, you're adept with language and you know how to handle it and you know how to do the run. So uh, I imagine it'll be exciting to be back up on stage again. Yeah, I think it will be. Very cool. I think it will be. And, well, you know, and we've been talking, uh, you know, I mean, well, theater has been kind of a through line throughout. And, uh, I knew you were open, uh, if you had a little bit of time just to talk about, uh, this speech from The Winter's Tale, which is, uh, which is yeah. great because it's one of the later Shakespeare plays. And so, you know, a lot of scholars talk about how advanced the language was in, in terms of Shakespeare's writing style, that it wasn't, you know, this simple, um, two Gentlemen of Verona, that he was really experimenting with the form and really doing different things. And so I think it's great to to look at something that is, you know, thought of as maybe more advanced. Um, and so, yeah, this is in uh, Act One, Scene Two, where Leontes is starting to have his suspicions and he's talking to Camillo. And uh, so, yeah, you know, wherever you want to jump in with it. And, and it's a little bit of a speech that starts with is whispering nothing for anyone who wants to find it and follow along. Right.
1: And it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, he's, the, um, every, I think it's a second last play or his third last play. Mm -hmm. And it is very sophisticated in terms of the language. And, uh, and it starts right, it starts right in the middle of it. You have no idea. There's no there's no backstory to why Leontes has, has these, uh, you know, um, questions about, about his lovely pregnant wife. Mm -hmm. And, um, and and this is happening in the middle of a party, a, a bomb voyage party, right? And um, and and finally, uh, uh, and he's he's been saying saying these terrible things, and Camilla has been trying to say, "Oh, come on, this is you know, you, you can't you can't say that, I, you know, I, uh, I I would not be standard by to hear my sovereign mistress clouded so, I, I, you know." And and finally, um, and finally, he says he says, "Look, if you love me." You're the, you're his, uh, poison him, mm-hmm. get rid of him if mm. you love me. And, and, and Camilla can't understand why he asked this. And so this is, this is his final, um, uh, reasoning behind it. And, and it's, it's interesting in that it's these short half, uh, half sentences, right? Uh, with lots of, lots of, uh, punctuation. And it's a, it's, it's kind of an amazing piece of writing. Mm. So he, so he says to Camillo, is whispering nothing? Is leaning cheek to cheek? Is meeting noses? Kissing with inside lips? Stopping the career of laughter with a sigh? A note infallible of breaking honesty? Horsing foot on foot? skulking in corners? Wishing clocks more swift? Hours, minutes, noon, midnight? And all eyes blind with the pin and web? But theirs, there's only that would unseen be wicked. Is this nothing? Why then the world and all that's in's nothing. The covering sky is nothing. Bohemia nothing. My wife is nothing. Nor nothing have these nothings if this be nothing.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, I I love that there's all those uh you know the lines are all broken up with all these questions and as you said these, these half sentences and, and, and of course. The repetition of the word "nothing," you know, throughout.
1: Yes, and and the change, you know, and uh, they, you know, they, it's often said that that sense is um, is done through consonants and emotion through vowels, mm-hmm. and um, and and the the choice of consonants is is very interesting in this too. I mean, mm. it's whispering, leaning, meeting noses, kissing. It's all the syllabus a lot of sibilant sounds.
0: Mm. Now, now you said you know, when you first auditioned for Ashland, that, you know, you were doing three Shakespeare plays and you'd only done a couple, where did you feel that you really, you know, hit your stride with Shakespeare or you, you know, started to feel like you knew what you were doing with Shakespeare? Was it from doing those stuff, the stuff at Ashland in that first season?
1: Well, the, the, the first season was certainly, it certainly made me more comfortable mm-hmm. with it. Uh, I, um, uh, I, I think I've done now, 19 or 20 of the plays, oh, wow. probably 35 maybe productions. And um, uh, it, it, it's it's so the plays are so well written. Yeah. Uh, and and if you if you like I say, if you explore this, the sounds even mm-hmm.
2: they,
1: you know, they're they're they really help you uh, determine what what you're trying to do in 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 each scene and in each speech and um and it's 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 a way that it, it, it's it's there's musicality to it there's uh, rhythm to it there's it's everything. It's like it's uh, it's like Wagner used to say, "Gesamtwerk," Gesamtkunstwerk. Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah,
0: right, right there. Well, and yeah. well, I imagine part of the creativity, or or maybe even fun for the actor, is figuring out where does this come from? Because like you said, it's not. We we don't know where this. Uh, uh, feeling has started, you know. Like we, like you said, we start in the middle of the conversation, and so creating that place for yourself as the actor, as the character of of where is auntie's coming from?
1: Right, and he's he's making he's making himself crazy. He's right, probably of drinking. He's he's probably drinking. Mm. His his wife is his wife is pregnant, so maybe you know maybe she she's not you know as as fun in bed as she had been before he's beginning to doubt whether Mamilius is actually his son
0: right yeah um you
1: know, you know everything every everywhere he looks he's 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 you know he's creating this he's 28 years old you know maybe it's it's schizophrenia maybe you know it it's and and he it, it, it continues until until Hermione is is killed in in childbirth or you think we right, right of course yeah and and suddenly and, and suddenly he goes oh my god what have i been saying what have i been doing and he spends 16 years you know atoning for it
2: mm.
1: none of what you see
2: right right right
1: <laughs> because time goes to bohemia yes and 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 then and then Bo- you know bohemia comes back and says and says uh, i think i've got this magical thing that you mm. need to be aware of and he's just he's lost he's, he's lost in this in this love that somehow has 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 traveled over the over over time over space yep. from you know from death to life and it's it's yeah
0: well and and just one thing i i i am curious about with this particular speech you know because the word nothing is repeated I think a lot of actors, you know, might overlook that or, you know, just not know, well, what do I do with, you know, I I say the word nothing, what is it, eight times in the speech or something like that. And, I mean, you you know, and maybe it's something that is perhaps more instinctual for you at, at this point, but... If you're looking at uh, uh, another speech in Shakespeare and you see that repetition, where do you, where does your mind start going in terms of maybe the questions you need to start asking or what you want to be curious about?
1: Well, why? You Mm. know, why did Shakespeare, you know, choose to choose to repeat this particular word? Right you know what is 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 it for emphasis is it because he can't find another word to to describe what he's what he's, what he's trying to say mm. is it, is it uh you know is it because he's all he sees is nothingness at this point right you know it, you know it, there's there's yeah there's so many different different possibilities and and they're all i mean and they're all there and you can use you can use them all, and you can use different ones <laughs> for different nights.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about keeping it uh, interesting and keeping it fresh, right? Um yeah. Richard, I just had a, a, a last couple of quick questions. Uh, you know, I mean, this, it, it's been so great to talk about your your life and your career, and we could probably go for double this and just you know keep <laughs> having a good time. But uh, you know, as, as we talked about at the top, you know, you're 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 a busy guy. There's uh, a lot. A lot of work, uh, you know. You still have ahead of you, um, including the the play coming up at the the Geffen. Um, but I was I was curious, you, you know. Whenever I I see you in a, a TV or film project, you seem so perfectly cast, uh, and you know, so many things. And and yet, you know, I'm curious. I would imagine even you would say you're not the only good character actor out there. Uh, oh my God, no! Right, and so. Is there something that you feel like you've been able to bring? Like why, why you're, why you are the, the right guy for the job so many times? I mean, you know, working, working this much is, is, can't be a fluke, you know, that, that, you know, if you're so regularly cast in, in so many different projects, and I'm sure, you know, you worked with the same casting offices numerous times and, and, you know, maybe even production, you know, production companies and all that do you are, are you able to look back and see a through line of this is why i was able to work so much
1: i, I don't know for sure i, I, I and and the, the the last part i is is i find less uh, uh uh true i i don't work with the same casting people uh, again okay. uh, again and again for for a while um uh the, the people that cast the fugitive they would call me in for everything and i ended up doing three or four films for them and then never heard from them again hmm. um uh you know and similarly uh uh there's a number of i mean i i worked i, I did like three movies with michael uh, uh, ironsides mm-hmm. and then never again um and uh so it's it's always it's always i always find that it very strange um there's a there's a thing that I noticed where even if i'm working if i'm out of town for uh five weeks or, or 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 two months or something it's like I've never been here, and mm. nobody know nobody knows who i am wow and uh you know and that's in a way that's fine if it if they'll you know if they'll see me right but for whatever reason for you know often often i the auditions you know don't don't come mm. and i and I don't know why i mean you know uh there's there's uh uh other actors I've worked with a lot who who I I see cropping up a lot a lot more, and they they'll say the same thing. They'll say, "Oh yeah, well, you know, we love to, you know, I, I I I I would love to have more opportunity to do to do things." It, it just it just seems that that you know you only get you only get a certain number of slots, right? As Big Daddy says, you know, <laughs> you you only have a certain number of times.
0: Well, yeah, and, and it certainly sounds like there's uh, definitely a, a making peace with the business and, uh, accepting, you know, just the realities of it. it. It is what it is. And and you make peace with that process and, and then you go back and do your work and try to, you know, try to get the next job.
1: Yeah, that's sort of it. In it, it fact, the fact is I never wanted to go to, go to La, come to Los Angeles. Um, uh, and I've never, um, I never liked Los Angeles. <laughs> And uh, but I have resigned myself to the fact that this is the, where the work is. Right. And I was I I, I did a I did a couple of weeks anyway at this new play festival in Southern Indiana, and um, and uh, uh, one of the writers in residence there uh, said said so when are you going to do some more theater? And I said I said well, you know I don't know I I i, I want to go back to New York eventually, but uh, you know there's there's still there's still so much that opportunity here in Los Angeles, but you know i I see a point uh and and you know it's probably closer than further away right. when uh when the the, the film and t v stuff is gonna uh, dry up to the uh, so much that that I can finally retire right. to do theater.
0: <laughs> you can, yeah you, you know, and that, that's, yeah you can join all of your siblings in retirement exactly.
1: Exactly. But that's yeah, but that's that's it. I think yeah. you know, I when I when I can again make that time commitment to, of course. to do theater.
0: Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, well Richard, this has been a great chat. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been outstanding. Oh, thank you, Nathan. I've really enjoyed it. Hey guys, Nathan here one more time. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss anything ahead. Be sure to visit WorkingActorsJourney.com for additional info and links for items mentioned in today's episode, as well as all the episodes. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All the links are on our site and in the episode notes. Become a premium member and enjoy additional benefits and perks of the show, starting at just $2 per month. Head over to WorkingActorsJourney.com slash premium to join the Working Actors community. And don't forget to claim your free audiobook at WorkingActorsJourney.com slash Audible. Thanks again to today's guest and to everyone that makes these episodes possible. And a special thanks to you for listening. I'm Nathan Agin, and enjoy the journey.